Welcome to the Sonic Shaman Show, home of the Coffee Connect and Conscious Connections. The show is dedicated to empowering you to perceive, know, be, and express your unique voice in this world without the fear of judgment of others through healing, coaching, and educational services. In each episode, Hank and his guests offer tools, techniques, and inspiration to help you step into your potency. Now, here is your host, Hank Satala. everyone. My name's Hank Suttala. I'm the Sonic Shaman, and this is my very first ever uh, solo stream doing what I'm calling the Coffee Connect. And it's not just a clever name. My whole point of this is with my morning cup of coffee, just doing a little live stream and seeing what energy might come up for us to talk about. So grab a coffee, grab a tea, whatever you like, or just listen. Uh, if you have questions, I'm a very interactive streamer. So if you have um, any questions or things that are on your mind, please let me know and I'm happy to go wherever you want to go. Anyway, let me make sure to, I have to make this public on my page because I always forget that. So let me do that real quick. All right, perfect. So for those of you who might not have ever seen me before, um, I'm assuming you do know who I am because you're either watching this on the Holistic Health and Healing uh, Facebook page, my page, or um, my Sonic Shaman page. So chances are you know who I am already. But a lot of people who know what uh, these things, the different companies that I've run are, they really have no idea who I am. So I just thought maybe this first one is a little bit of an introduction. And if you have questions about me or how I work, feel free to um, ask that in the comments or whatnot. But I call myself the Sonic Shaman, and I consider myself an intuitive healer. Uh, I had a near-death experience uh, when I was born, and I believe that's what gives me this little bit of an intuitive knack. And to my detriment, actually, this amazing gift was something that I had a very hard time processing as I was uh, in my teenage years and whatnot. And as soon as I was able to um, by alcohol, I became a professional drinker. And I retired, though, in 2006, been sober ever since. And what I what I was seeking, and it was something that my aunt facilitated me kind of getting in touch with, is some sort of context, some sort of uh, structure in which to be able to use your gifts. Because gifts, I mean, it's just an energy. Uh, if you are gifted with uh, intuition and things, it could be a blessing, it could be a curse. It's just energy and it's how we use it, how we label it, uh, what filters we look at it with through our glasses that kind of give it, is it a good thing, is it a bad thing? And really it's neither, it's just a thing. Uh, but I started to look for some sort of structure and my, my aunt Karen had gifted me a Reiki session. And it doesn't sound like a big thing, but I, at the time I, I had a company called um, Polypros Irrigation. I actually did sprinkler systems and uh, installed them and repaired them for people. Imagine that. For those of you who know me, you're like, really, what? You did what? Yeah, it's total unlike uh, anything that I do now. But I did a lot of digging and things, and I had like all this back pain. And she had bought me a, a little session at a psychic fair, a Goddess Elite psychic fair way back when Pat and Jim owned the store. Uh, and they rented out a separate place for the fair because they needed more room. And she bought me the session with Cindy Summer, uh, which is a, another local healer. She's out of Lakewood. And uh, in this little 10, 15-minute session, all the pain went away. And I didn't really know, you know what Reiki was or what it was about. But what I did know is like that's something very tangible and very real. And I want to learn about it. 
And so I ended up finding um, Reiki one through master level that I took. And then at the same time, I took spiritual insight training one and two out of fellowships of the spirit. And that was all within four months. And then I had a crisis healing. I, I got because what crisis healing, if you don't know what it is, is if your vibration shifts so much as a being, but your body vibration doesn't hang with it, it ends up like purging. So it's one really good reason why you want to take things slow. You want to take not slow. You want to ask your body and be in touch with yourself. Really, what am I willing and able to receive right now? Because maybe you're willing and able to receive this much, but you go out and you take on this much. And then sometimes it's not that the results are bad. It's just you would have preferred it to happen and your your vibration to shift in a kinder, gentler way. But I was very hungry for everything. And so I, um, I went through a lot of things very quickly and ended up with a little bit of a crisis healing. And then I ended up signing up for the two-year program out at Fellowships of the Spirit in Lilydale, New York. And I went there and became a minister and a certified metaphysician through their program. And I felt that most of the tools really focused on the emotional side, mental side, spiritual side, but there wasn't an awful lot for physical things. And so I really started looking at, well, what physically could I do to offer people? And I found then uh, two of my very... Uh, Two of the things I love the most in my healing work is one is sound therapy and the other is aromatherapy. If you go to my web store, uh, holistichealthandhealing.net, those are the two main things that I carry. And the reason being is when someone comes to you for a healing session and uh, they have back pain, say, and energetically, you know, that's from when grandma used to whap them with a the spoon, right? Or whatever, some sort of little trauma as a child, but they love grandma and they're not even willing to entertain the thought. Like for someone like that, where energetically, like they, they really, what they're looking for is they want to work on the symptom and not the cause. Does that mean they're not deserving of healing? Absolutely not. But it's really good to have uh, something to offer everyone. So I wanted to have something like essential oils and creams and roll-ons and things that I could offer to the people who really were looking to mitigate symptoms. And sometimes, you know, they do work on the energetic things, but those energetic things were going so long that they ended up manifesting physically. TLC, yourself first. Tender, loving care, yourself first. Absolutely, Ernie. That is the, a big thing. Like, um, until you actually decide that you're worth something, you're not going to invest time in your own healing and development. And, and that's something that people have a really hard time with because as children, we find ourselves judged for being ourselves. The people who love us the most, not intentionally, uh, but you might have a divine inspiration and you might uh, really have this viewpoint of something that you want to do in life. And what do we say as parents? I'm guilty of this. I, I'm very mindful of it when I do it. But you might say, well, don't set your hopes too high. You don't want to be disappointed. And parents will sometimes out of caution, like, you know, sway someone to pick something different because they don't want someone to be disappointed. And we're actually starting to learn how to to put our unique voice on the side. And because we're not being unique to ourselves, there's a part of us that knows that. And a part of us that knows that we're not being true to our authentic self, maybe doesn't feel that we're worth the healing. But once you choose that, you know what, I'm gonna get to the bottom of who I am and I'm really gonna step into that, uh, things can happen very quickly. And of course, this is gonna be really random because I'm just thinking about it. In astrology, astrology is the autopilot of the universe. Uh, and I would like to say that the more conscious you are, the less astrology matters, but it never doesn't matter. And for lack of a better analogy, uh, what my one astrology teacher would say is it's like Pinocchio, right? When Pinocchio was unconscious, all the planets 
are the puppeteers and they're just pulling on the energy and Pinocchio is just moving with it. He's not conscious. He has no other choice. But once he becomes conscious, even though the energy is moving one way or the other, you have conscious choice to choose differently. And so that's what I say is like astrology is in a sense kind of like the autopilot of the universe. But the more conscious you are, you don't have to go along with the energies that are present. All that to say there is uh, your Saturn return. In esoteric astrology, you can study it by going through some of the Alice Bailey work. Uh, but the first 28 years, your first Saturn return is you being programmed. It's you being conditioned and receiving projections, expectations, judgments, and conclusions from all your family, from your friends, from all the people around you saying, hey, this is who you are. This is who we expect you to be. This is your role here in this world. And we accept that because we don't know any different. When you hit your first Saturn return at 28, like how many people can relate to, hey, around 28, a little bit before sometimes, like I kind of woke up and realized that's not me. None of this stuff is me. None of this stuff is me. Who am I? And then you spend the next Saturn return, the next 28 years, getting rid of all the crap that has nothing to do with you. And then the next 28 years, your third Saturn return is when you actually start to step in to your own unique voice in this world and actually start to be you. But Ernie makes a great point. Ernie brings up rise above your chart. That's exactly right. This is the autopilot. It's it's not meant to define you. It's not meant to, it's meant to, if you went through all of life going, mm hmm and didn't pay any attention, that you're still gonna get to where you're, you're going because those puppeteers, those planets are slowly pulling you through everything. But as soon as you become conscious, you can fast track all that. And there's a huge arc to a Saturn return. Like an arc means that depending on the planet and the size and, and how much it moves, there is a, a certain uh, period of time where you'll start to feel the impact of things before the actual event. So a Saturn return, which is when Saturn comes back to your original degrees in your birth chart, it's a seven year arc. So seven years before and seven years after that uh, aspect that Saturn return, you're feeling the impact and can start working with it. So just even on autopilot, there's a huge window of, of what we can do. And really the, the thing that come, it comes down to is how conscious and aware can you be in your own life? How much are you actually going to choose and respond to throughout your day versus react? Because reaction is where we get in trouble right? You do something and then you look at it and go, wow, that totally wasn't me. Why the heck did I do that? And, and then you're like judging yourself for having done the action where if you can just take a step back, look at what it is and actually uh, make choices instead. And like based on your intuition, what choice feels light, your whole, your whole experience changes. Good. Let's see. And Ernie, thank you so much for joining me. This is uh, the first time I'm doing this. I know I've been on with a lot of other people and spirit have been after me that you really need to be doing your own thing too. Uh, so I thought, well, how fun would it be uh, in the mornings when uh, time permits just to come on and kind of uh, have a coffee and uh, connect with people, hence the name, Coffee Connect, let's connect, and just see what the energy of the day is. But kind of back to the story, um, I found aromatherapy and sound healing and that gave me the tools to really start giving people things for the physical body. And then later on, I picked up um, shamanism. And shamanism was a very, uh, I should say I'm a Paco, which means nature mystic. The term shaman is actually, um, it's kind of an umbrella term now in the healing industry. Any native tradition kind of falls up under the 
the thing of shamanism, uh, but it really refers to one particular tribe in the Siberia region of Russia. And the, oh, hello, Tracy, good morning. I'm so glad you are tuning in for me here. Um, but there's a lot of judgment, like uh, in, in the world of shamanic uh, arts, they call it, there's so much point of view and judgment around things and people relate what other people are doing to their own training. When I first got my training and I put my little cards out where I used to have an office and it said, you know, Hank Suttle, the Sonic Shaman, I got flack. They're like, you call yourself a shaman that like, you never call yourself a shaman. And that's true in very certain traditions. In, in fact, in the particular tradition in Russia or whatnot. But who would know if I put on my business card, nature mystic or Paco Kuna, nature mystic, uh, people wouldn't have as much um, knowledge behind that to really know what that means, but it would be more accurate. I am a Paco, which just means nature mystic, which is a brand, if you will, of shamanism. It falls up underneath that umbrella that we use now because it was anthropologists that got, and it, basically they got lazy that said, well, all these other things are really similar to this. So we're just going to lump everything up under shamanism, where it really was referring to one particular tradition, big disservice to the tradition. And then it causes all kinds of conflict because just like that one lady from my old office well you know you shouldn't be doing that she's basing her point of view on her own experience with a totally different tradition and just like how many religions we have in the world it's all because everybody's looking at it through slightly different glasses having a slightly different point of view and then judging people based on that point of view that what's true for me must be true for all of you and then we end up having all this conflict in the world like why can't we just get along right <laughs> but going to astrology and the rays of energy, earth is what we consider fourth ray energy and which is harmony through conflict. So knowing that earth represents, like if you were on Mars, right? If you were born on Mars and, and earth was in your chart and it was aspecting things, it would be like, oh, you need to learn how to have harmony through conflict in this house and this, uh, what's going on in your chart. Doesn't that describe our world? We have so much apparent conflict and all these different things in this huge opposition and duality. But the real trick of it all is to be in the world, but not of it, and to recognize that that golden tapestry is perfect. It just made we're, we're just seeing the mess on the back. We're seeing all the chaos that has to be there for the tapestry to even exist and and be that golden tapestry and that beautiful uh, perfection that it is. So food for thought, quite literally. Anything on your guys' mind? Is there any um, questions or comments, things going on in your, your world that I could offer a little inspiration around or comment on? So, because it's as much, these are designed to be um, as much your your thing as my thing and just to have fun with it. Normally I was gonna do a green screen, but I have, I have to show you this. This is my sunroom. So like I have this amazing place to stream out of well, I'm not sure why those leaves are coming up all orange like that. They're green, but that's kind of interesting. So I can come out here uh, and we have a couple little space heaters in this room and it is a perfect place to enjoy coffee. It actually reminds me of your your thing, little Tracy, except yours is way more polished than mine. Tracy is one of my friends. Uh, I've stayed there when I've done some shows in New York and she has the most amazing, pristine backyard. Like you could just, oh, it's so good. And she has to fight off the squirrels eating her or her bird feed, uh, but but it's really really nice. And she has the cutest little doggies too. <laughs> Sorry, Tracy, I had to call you out a little bit since you're you're on the stream too. Anything on anyone's mind? And if not, then we'll see if anything else kind of hits me, or we'll we'll just kind of wrap it up because I was planning these to be about ten to fifteen minutes, or however long it takes me to finish my coffee. But if I talk a lot 
it'll take me a long time to finish uh, coffee. Hey, Shauna. Shauna is amazing as well. She has, well, I don't know if you like actively promote your group, but she has a cool group. You should reach out to her and like say, can I be in your cool group where you talk about cool stuff? <laughs> How much is astrology impacting this crazy time? Oh, well, we are in stepping back from astrology for a moment. There is something in shaman in my uh, brand of shamanism called a Pachakuti, which literally means world turned upside down. And we are in the thick of it now. So imagine those, I don't even know what they're called. Kids have them. They have like this, um, a liquid, and then it has like a color liquid and you flip it upside down and then everything has to settle. So it's, that's what a Pachakuti is. It's like everything was weighted so heavily on one side of duality for so long that now it's flipped and everything settles back down until everything actually, um, settles again and then you have another pachacuti and that's all just the the pendulum swing of the universe and duality because the whole like the whole purpose of duality if you didn't know is to have to mm, a quote from neil donald walsh probably summarizes it the best in the absence of that which you are not that which you are is not so as a divine infinite being that conceptually uh, and and from a knowing perspective absolutely knows everything that ever was is and could be in that context you could never know anything experientially you could only know it conceptually because you know everything there's nothing other than you that exists so duality is an illusion duality is a polarity of two things of the same thing don't get caught up with thinking that there's good and bad absolutely we have right and wrong good and bad all that kind of stuff from our point of view, but in the grand scheme of things, it's all of source. So we're just labeling it whatever we like. So it's more like polarities. Uh, so it's like the good and positive, um, positive and negative polarity, but it's not really good or bad. So think of it that way first. But you create a context where it appears as though something other than you exists, even though it's all you. And that's where the duality is. So this pendulum swing is just the the autopilot of creation where we can continue to have an infinite number of experiences and expressions of experiencing ourselves as an infinite being on a physical plane. Yeah. Oh, this is why I can't get away from always coming back to the fact we are a paradox. We are a walking paradox, you know, and that's a great segue. Uh, shout out the greatest truths are paradoxes. Birds of a feather flock together. Everybody's heard that one, right? Like attracts like, law of attraction. That is an absolute truth. That is a truth of how oneness works and like attracts like. But it's also true, opposites attract. That's a duality truth. And so if you're functioning in the world, and not, and not but not being of it, if you're actually in the world and of the world, when you go to manifest something, the opposite shows up first because that's how it works. You say, I want Mr. or Mrs. Right. And this is where... It, it manifests 90% of the time. I want Mr. and Mrs. Right. What happens? You meet Mr. and Mrs. Wrong <laughs> and you have this terrible experience and they're like, oh, I thought I was well, calling Mr. Right into my life or whatever. And the total opposite shows up. And that's, a, it's by design. If you're creating from duality, the opposite shows up first. It's called the law of opposites. If you are in tune with your entire totality of being, you are now creating from your whole self. And now like will attract like. And that's why it it's not like um, it works the same way with all things. You might be very congruent in your relationship life and very incongruent in your finance life. And you will be creating from the duality in one place and from the oneality in another place. So it's not like it's um, one one 
philosophy fits all. It's very dynamic. And it might be that you're almost always like that, but one thing throws you off and you start uh, manifesting from the, from the opposite. Let's see. A couple comments. Astrology comment. I don't know if I can handle astrology because I know just enough to talk about it a little bit. But Saturn, Pluto, and Jupiter are running together in Capricorn. Yep, there's like a, a big conjunction, which is going to be it's a really slow moving conjunction, if I remember right. So like the effects of it are long lasting. And when you look at astrology, the aspect or the, the when when the transiting planets when they touch each other or whatnot, that's called the aspect. When you look at those planets progress, that's how long it takes to internalize the event. So those big planets, it takes also a very long time to internalize. So the effects last for quite a time. Uh, time for change and a pandemic to slow us all down. Now, with the pandemic, that is one of my favorite little acronyms I came up with. Spirit gave this to me. Let me throw it up here. Creating or create opportunities via intuiting divinity. The pandemic, I look at as a huge blessing because it literally put a pause button on and got people to sit down for a moment and just get in touch with them themselves and their soul and to start thinking, is this really what it's all about? Cause we get so caught up in our routines and things that you're coasting through on autopilot and people aren't even actively there for your life. Like how, how many people say the years fly by? I can tell you, I get that, but years for me, like time goes very, very slowly, sometimes to my detriment, especially if I'm visiting my in-laws, it will feel like we were in Germany for a week to my wife, but for me, it was like a year. <laughs> so, but if you're actually showing up for your experience, um, time can be experienced very slowly. doesn't have to fly by. Let's see. Oh, funny. I am quarantined actually. <laughs> well, in the sense I, I saw a client this week and they ended up presenting with the fever. So out of um, caution, I am quarantining. In fact, I am, I have an event that I was supposed to do this weekend and I, I think I had an awareness that something was going to happen because I had already reached out. I'm like, maybe we should reschedule. And then I ended up having a client that I have to quarantine for now. But I haven't seen anybody since then. So if you saw me and I haven't reached out to you, don't worry. You're safe. It was I didn't see anybody after this person. But Shana wrote, oh, crap. I'm going to say that so uh, iTunes won't flag me when I upload this. I watched. Uh, I want to watch what you said about opposites. I want to come over and have coffee. Yes, you should. We After quarantine, we should totally do a live stream, Shana. Or... You could be where you're at. I'm where I'm at. You know, we have the whole split screen possibility of uh, what the software I'm using. And let's see what else. So many people are talking about being magnetic and I get that, but my mind wants to start talking about being electric because the electric allows the magnetic anything to add here. Hmm. Well, I'm going to use electric just as more in general as charged. What in magical workings in hoodoo specifically, which I'm trained and then that's where I'm pulling this little data from. When you are creating things, the idea is that like every ingredient you put into magic, every ingredient you put into a spell, all these things, you want your orc field crackling with the feeling as though it is already so. I think even Christ said that in the Bible, the greatest prayer is a prayer of gratitude. It's you're praying that thank you, it's already so that type of energy. So if you're looking to bring Mr. Right in or Mrs. Right in, or if you're looking for abundance and all these types of things, while when you're setting your intention, when you're doing those things, you want choose to want is a bad word. We don't want to use want. It means to lack. You choose to be the energy of that being in your life. And if you aren't able to know what that is like or imagine it, 
what experience could you put yourself in where you could? So if you want to bring abundance into your life, but you really have a hard time picturing that, I've had some clients, I say, go volunteer at a soup kitchen. And what happens is their whole point of view about how much they already have in their life shifts because they see people who have far less. And all of a sudden, wow, I'm already so abundant. And it helps them kind of shift their point of view of what abundance is and then helps them create that vibration. But you're charging yourself with the vibration of it already being so. And when you're doing it congruently, that's when like really attracts like, and you're able to bring things to you very quickly. And the second thing to that, Shauna, that I would say is when you charge it, do not condition the universe in regards to how it needs to show up. Case in point, most common example, I want abundance, but in their mind, their only source of income is their paycheck. So if you tell the universe, I would like abundance, and in your mind, abundance is money, and in your mind, the only way you get money is through the thing you call a job, you're basically telling the universe you'd like a raise. So you're looking for one outcome when there's an infinite number of possibilities. So, and that's where in access, we have a differentiation of actualization and manifestation. Actualization is that it shows up. Manifestation is how it shows up. And if you say universe, I would like A, B, and C, but I'm only willing to reserve it this way. It's like you handcuff the universe and it's like, great, I could do that. It's gonna take me five years to line up a layoff. And then you're gonna be forced to look for something else. And then you're gonna find this and all the, all your, prayers will be answered. And so like, it, it does work. The universe only knows yes, depending on our question um, or what we, what we tell the universe, it, it may not show up the way that we are thinking of it in our head. And the other part of that is we oftentimes will tell the universe to bring us something. And then we sit back and we just wait. And I give the analogy of a rowboat. Like if you say, I would like to create, you know, whatever in my life, the universe starts rowing and then you're sitting in there with your oar out of the water and the boat just goes in a circle. So it takes a lot longer. So once you choose whatever it is and you charge your attention, what things could I do now while I'm being that energy? Because beingness precedes doing this. What energy could I be to draw to me the experiences from the universe that will allow me to express that being through doing and create what I'm looking for in life. That's really the, the missing pieces to it. Because you have the being first, you have your electric charge, you're putting your your energy into whatever it is that you're looking to create. And now you pay attention and you start rowing the boat along with the universe and you take the opportunities the universe puts in your path to create that for you. And we totally miss out on a lot of that. Let's see. Let's see. A client continues to attract needy men, although she thinks she is not. She says she's do, done the work. What can you recommend her doing? I would go to the question, I'm big in access. And I know Tracy, we, we talked recently about access. Asking the question, if she keeps attracting the needy men, well, what's right about this I'm not getting? Um, or is she, this actually feels a lot more, um, more in line with it. What if she loves the attention that it gets her when everybody goes, oh, she's done, she's done it again. She's got one of those needy men. Uh, or uh, my, my friend, my dear friend, uh, Brian, he is a master of this. He will slip into a role that someone's projecting on him. And so what if like everybody now is just waiting for the next story? They're all excited for the next story. They're all um, like, oh, what happened to her now? Did she do it again? What if it's people's own projections about the role that she was in that are reinforcing the role? And then you do like clearing work around that. So what roles are you using 
to refuse the abundance and great relationships you could be choosing and all that that is destroying and created. So that there it's like a little bit sneakier because it might be somebody else's projection that you're now accepting as true for you that's anchoring in the experience that's been coming about. So that's kind of a wordy answer for that, but we are our own worst enemies when it comes to that stuff. And we can get stuck from a small little thing from childhood and not even recognize it. Great example that money is the root of all evil. What if we're afraid to have abundance in our life and money in our life because we're afraid we're going to turn into an asshole, right? Uh, so what if that little childhood um, seed that was planted by society and everything actually creates a glass ceiling where we're not willing to receive more than a certain amount in our life because that's the, that's the part where we're going to cross the line and lose ourselves to the money. Yeah, Ernie brings up a great point being watchful for signs that can help you find your best direction. And there it comes down to showing up for your life, you know? Like how many times do we not even show up and life just passes you by and there were all these signs. Actually, you know this story. I, I got this from my minister in my Lutheran church, one of the few things that um, really I took from it. But he told the story about this guy uh, that this flood was coming and he goes, God save me, God save me. And like the water comes up to like his front porch and some people come on a boat and say, sir, get in. He's like, nope, nope, God's going to save me. And then the water raises and now he's on a second floor. Another boat comes by. He's like, nope, God's going to save me. He ends up on his roof. A third boat comes by. They offer to take him. Nope, God's going to save me. A helicopter comes in, lowers the ladder. Sir, grab the ladder. Nope, God's going to save me. Then he drowns. And then uh, he goes up to heaven and he's like, God, what's up? I, I thought I, I really believe you were going to save me. And God's like, I sent you three boats and a helicopter. What else could I do? And so to Ernie's point, like how many things are showing up in our lives that are going to take us the direction that we're choosing, but we just don't notice them because we are sitting back and waiting. Do your part. Like that's the part where you're rowing your half of the rowboat and can actually have good orderly direction. That's the acronym for God, right? Good orderly direction to achieve the things that you're looking to create in your life. But I'm almost at 30 minutes and I was planning to talk for like 15. So I think I'm going to wrap up here, but I am planning to do this um, not necessarily daily, but very often uh, have these little coffee connects. And the best place, because if I schedule it for nine and then I started at 8.30, if you aren't actually subscribed to my YouTube channel, you might miss it. There is a link to the YouTube video in the description of this um, of this broadcast. If you look at the description, click over to there, like the Sonic Shaman YouTube channel, and make sure you turn notifications on because if I go on early or anything like that, um, then you might miss it if you're thinking I'm gonna be on at nine and I stream an hour early or something like that. So um, hopefully you will choose to come and have another experience with me over a cup of coffee or tea. Shauna, we definitely got to do a, maybe a, a coffee connect together and uh, see what we can maybe co-create. Same thing with you, Tracy, Ernie. I know all of you personally, so I, I know you would have a lot to contribute. If you ever want to you know, be brave and come on a live stream, we can arrange that. It's just a little link. Make sure you have headphones. That's the biggest thing. Uh, I don't need them today since I'm not having someone else uh, talking to me or though or whatnot. But thank you so much for showing up, being present, and I will see you tomorrow. Thanks for joining us today for the show. The Sonic Shaman is part of the Emergence of Being Contributor Network. Visit emergenceofbeing.com to learn about all the contributors and learn about our services and upcoming events. 
please take a moment to subscribe to the channel. You can contribute to the show by supporting our efforts and sharing our content with those you care about and those who need it most.